All right. Here we go. <laughs> I was wrestling with this. That's it. No, thank you. Is this thank your you. first radio show? I was like, wow. should I start things off? I wasn't sure. I had quite a battle going on there. <laughs> Twisted and turning. Holy mackerel. The uh, uncooperative headphones. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, it is the sports book here on 760 WJR. Welcome in as this uh, Martin Luther King uh, Day 2023 begins to wind down. Nice to have you with us. And uh, because of this special day, a lot of matinee mm. athletic events going on, huh? Correct. Yeah, like Michigan State. Yeah, as you heard right here on the blowtorch, uh, Spartans coming off the loss in Champaign-Urbana on Friday night to the Fighting Illini. And, uh, boy, they had number three, Purdue, in their sights and in their building at the Breslin Center, and they fall 64-63. I got to tell you, uh, we were texting back and forth earlier there, partner, about this Zach Eady. Uh, Seven foot four. That's a giant human being. Uh, No doubt about that. And while he utilized it uh, very well today, uh, he had a career day against the Spartans, 32 points. But I will say this. And I'm not a complainer. I'm a realist. Uh, There's sometimes I think he's able to take liberty with that frame of his over the back. Probably happened five or six times, never got called. Yeah. There was one play in particular. I forget the Michigan State player. His arm was wrapped around Edie's, and they called it on the Michigan State player. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he gets gets away with a little something. But at the same time, uh, you know, he's – it seems like he's been at Purdue – for like 15 years. It also seems like Purdue always has huge gentlemen on their team. Maybe not this big ever. Yeah. Yeah, this is the... I was uh, thinking the same thing, Jeremy. Not yeah. the norm. Uh, but not to be outdone, Tyson Walker, I'll tell you what. Uh, kid played his heart out. Uh, everybody at Michigan State did. Looking for the W. Tyson Walker, 30 points. So uh, we'll have more on this uh, Martin Luther King Day tilt coming up in just a bit. Uh, by the way, uh, the Red Wings uh, also played earlier. They were in Denver to uh, face the Avs, and Red Wings fall 6-3. Uh, they have lost a couple in a row, five of the last seven. Uh, again, more on that coming up. Uh, meanwhile, it was a – wait a minute. Pff, how rude. Uh, we want to thank our friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort uh, for making this here radio show possible. And uh, a very special announcement. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday – uh, February 12th, uh, this particular radio show. This one right here? This one. Okay. Right here. Uh, we'll be at Soaring Eagle uh, with our friends uh, for a little Super Bowl spectacular. How about that? I think that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, we are certainly looking forward to it. There's going to be some dignitaries, some former Lions will be joining us, uh, get their insight uh, on Super Bowl 57. Don't know who's going to be in it yet. We know somebody will. Uh, we're making our way there via uh, this past, and we've got one game left. Super Wild Card Weekend. I thought it was a great weekend of games. Very entertaining. Uh, well, we're going to run them down and get your thoughts on uh, every. Oh, oh, by the way, the degenerate. Kind of mention our staff degenerate, Blake. You're sitting pretty there, laddie. I am. Weird, because I'm the only one on this program not going to Soaring Eagle, but I'm the staff degenerate. But right. perhaps that's for the best. That might be for yeah. <laughs> you know that's huge. That's a fair point. I can't <laughs> argue that. 
But is, is that yeah. by design, Blake? I think <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I think Jeff Marcer was trying to save me. <laughs> I appreciate that actually. You got a little action going on. Yeah. So if uh, if the Bucks win tonight, I will hit a parlay for the entire Wild Card Weekend. Five dollars turns into ninety. Look at you. So wow, we're hopeful. Uh, we'll get uh, Jamie's pick a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> Jamie, please don't. Uh, this show, as always, put together by the one, the only, Sir Nicholas Roddy. I just gave you a Sir title, mister. Knighted. Why, thank you. Um, Blake, you had to sweat out a couple of games, I, I imagine, right? Well, it, yeah, Jacksonville, <laughs> most notably. So I watched that entire game. I didn't move from my couch because I was like, I have to – Will this back into existence? That I'm surprised be... you didn't turn it off at what was it, twenty four nothing? Twenty seven nothing. Twenty seven nil. Yeah, and it was uh you know, Trevor Lawrence in that first half uh was an abomination. <laughs> and, you know, all you've heard is, you know, he's getting better, he's getting better, and the Lions waxed him. And um, you know, he throws four in the first half, and you're thinking, Boy, oh boy, it's gonna be a long night. And then they uh turn it around and in historical fashion. Uh, we do have uh, one tilt left uh, that is in Tampa with Tom Brady and the 8-9 and nine Buccaneers playing host to the 12-5 and five Cowboys. Dallas, a road favorite to the tune of three points. Interesting how it works. Cowboys 12-5, and five, Bucks 8-9. and nine. They win the NFC South, so they get the home field advantage. Uh, we'll have more on that tilt coming up. Meanwhile, let's jump into it. Uh, it all started Saturday afternoon, and the first one kind of went the way uh, we all thought it would. Although, uh, Pete, early. yeah, Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, you're absolutely right, had a little something going on uh, until the third quarter started. Uh, Seahawks with a 17-16 lead at the end of the first half. Yeah, I'm, I remember saying to my producer in the TV side of things here that, wow, this is not what I expected to happen, and then water leveled out in the second half. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, and you were just kind of waiting for it, weren't you? Uh, yeah. Y- you know, it was starting to simmer a little bit early in the third, and uh, 49ers would go on to win it going away, 41-23. Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, 119 yards, the rookie, Brock Purdy, 18-30, uh, 332 yards to go along with three touchdowns in the air, and he also had one on the ground. You know, it's going to be interesting what the 49ers do, uh, you know, at that QP spot. I mean, how do you... This is constant. It is. But, I mean, Garoppolo, uh, he did okay while he was in there, although nobody would ever say he did okay. And he was in kind of a no-win situation. But I wonder if uh, John Lynch, uh, 49ers GM, is thinking, wow, we might have something here. Six start for Brock Purdy. Throws four touchdowns. They're in the divisional round. How do you go away from him? I don't know. Going to be something to keep an eye on, though. Then, after that, we move on to Jacksonville and the Jags playing host to the Chargers of Los Angeles. And, yeah, we've discussed it, 27 nothing. Chargers all about it. Now, this is a franchise that has known disappointment in massive amounts in the past. But you're thinking, 27 nothing. Trevor Lawrence is garbage right now, and it's going to be a tough go here. Well, yeah, and he threw four interceptions in the first half alone, so who would have thunk he would turn it around? Well, and 
You know, the thing is, you've got... Oh, the... Blake did. <laughs> no, no, I got news for you. I did. No, Blake did not. I did. That's why I stayed tuned in. Uh, so then he throws four touchdowns right. in the second half. Then you had the whole Joey Bosa helmet thing that led to the... Well, it, uh, it led to this uh, right here. Going for two. And Lawrence reaches over and scores. Doug Peterson rolling the dice. I'll say. Now, can I get a little credit here? Who, early in this season, said Doug Peterson, as the head coach of the Jags, would make a difference? You did. I, I would, okay. I would play the tape, but I'd have to find it. No, I think the no... four of us would have made a difference over Urban Meyer. <laughs> You're absolutely right there, Nick. Uh, that is a great observation, and I, and I think a few of the Jaguars have pointed that out over these uh, last few months. I can't believe, by the way, Urban Meyer back on television. No one's really talking about the past, and it's fine. You know, and to take that a step further, Jamie, it's like when there is a major college coach opening, his name is still being thrown around willy-nilly. It's like this was a blip that never happened or something. No, he's always been a top-shelf guy. Okay. You know? He uh, is good on TV, but I'm just saying. Mm. Eh. Mm. Uh, mm. I don't think we have time to get into that. But anyway, we can argue TV that during real the break. break. You know I mean, who- real quick, the Tony Dungy Al Michaels broadcast was a little puzzling. Like the, It seemed like they were just, they had no energy. It was one of the greatest comebacks in football history. And it was a, a pretty Snooze big letdown fast. for two really good broadcasters. Well, let's study it here, shall we? Because you're right, Nick. Uh, the 27-point deficit, the third largest deficit in National Football League postseason history. Al Michaels, can't say enough about the guy. You know, uh uh, he's kind of been uh, one of my favorites for a long, long time. I mean, he's covered just about everything. Tony Dungy, the pride of Jackson, Michigan, uh, Super Bowl winner as a head coach, respect the hell out of him as well. Uh, together, in this moment. Here we go for the win. Got it, but there's a flag down. There's a flag down as everybody's running out onto the field. But there's a penalty marker. And they call it on the defense. Now, (laughs) wake up. What is the opposite of do you believe in miracles? That. (laughs) Just what we just heard. Yeah. Yeah. Now, conversely, uh, friend of the show, Mike Tirico, here's his call on the 99-yard Fumble return for a touchdown in the uh, Bengals-Ravens tilt. Right around Hundley, he reaches, oh, that ball's out, that's live! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid! Hubbard's got a convoy! Chased by Andrews! At the 30, the 20, he will score! Now, both very exciting plays. Yes. If I'm the marketing director of Red Bull, I am calling Al Michaels people immediately. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how it worked out. But congrats to the Jags. They advance. That is the battle cry this time of year. Win and advance. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll run down yesterday's action and let you know where everybody is going 
as we continue with the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. Welcome back to more of the WJR Sportsbook, sponsored by Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Once again, here are Steve Courtney and Jamie Edmonds. Before we go forward here, uh, unfinished business, uh, Brendan Staley, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, absolutely roasted. Social media being what social media is, uh, there are so many that have already penciled Sean Payton in as the uh, new head coach of the Chargers. Uh, there's a little bit to that, though, because he is technically still the property of the New Orleans Saints, and there have to be a trade. And historically, when coaches are involved in trades, there's first-round picks involved and such. Yeah. Well, is the guy definitely out, do you think? I would have to say so. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any way to dignify. Uh, this is playoff football. And you're up 27 to nothing uh, against a quarterback who was completely lost. Yeah, and, and your offense scores three points in the second half. Right, right. So uh, I'm sure uh, the ownership and the management and the powers that be with the Chargers are kind of a, at a loss for answers. And, you know, there's been some conversation along the way, and it should be pointed out uh, that not that long ago, the rumor as it applied to Sean Payton, is that he would like to have the Chargers or Rams job. Well, we know Sean McVay is staying with the Rams. Why, no one is sure. Um, So that kind of leaves the Chargers. Let's not forget last year he had a win and get into the playoff situation and lost to the Raiders. So there's that. Yeah. Like he's not had a two back-to-back good years. And getting his star receiver injured in week 18 when the game meant nothing to the team. Well, we're, you know, we're piling on piece of evidence after piece of evidence. Now, you know, if you're the incoming guy, whether it be Sean Payton or anybody else, uh, you got Justin Herbert as your quarterback. So, and, and some pretty good talent uh, around him. So it's going to be interesting. Anyway, uh, yesterday, the uh, activity in Super Wild Card Weekend got underway in Buffalo. Uh, a lot of excitement there, obviously, with uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, spent some time with his teammates on Saturday. He actually watched the tilt against the Finns from his home as he continues to convalesce, and it's just an amazing story. And uh, The Bills jump out to a 17-0 lead. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, they don't have Tua Tagovailoa. They don't have uh, Teddy Bridgewater. They are stuck starting the uh, rookie out of Kansas State, Skylar Thompson, seventh-round pick in this past April's draft. And Truth be told, yeah, there was a mistake or two, but the Dolphins were in a situation to win or tie this thing. They scored 17 unanswered on the Bills, on the Super Bowl contenders, everyone thinks Bills. Yeah, the Bills uh, looked a little disinterested. Maybe they were playing down to the competition. Maybe they were uh, believing everything they were reading. The Dolphins go into Super Wild Card Weekend as the biggest dog, and uh, they competed. Skylar Thompson. Kind of cool. His dad was there. Uh, 18 of 45, 220 uh, yards, one TD to go along with two picks. Um, But, uh, you know, there's, uh, what, about 228 left or so? They're in a situation to make waves. And as their head coach, Mike McDaniel, 
explained afterwards, he was told upstairs that they had the first down, when in reality it turned out to be fourth and one. So they could delay a game. That turns it into fourth and six, and Skylar Thompson unable to complete the pass. So there goes that. And sort of Josh Allen sort of came to at the end, throwing those two touchdowns quickly and, you know. Yeah, he had uh, 352 yards in the air to go along with those three scores. But, again, I hate to be uh, be cliche, win in advance. And that's what the Bills do. Uh, Has there been any more polarizing team in the National Football League than the Minnesota Vikings? No. Polarizing. People thought they were frauds. A 13-4 and football team. Heavily outscored in the first the second and the third quarters all year. And their plus differential in the fourth, crazy off the charts. A million of their games came down to one score. And so I think they were 8 0 or something. Yeah, luck was a part of it. But uh, the Giants come loaded for Bear, Vikings in this case, 31 34. Brian Dabble, the uh, first year head coach with the Giants, he's brought a little life to that team. Mm-hmm. Kind of neat to see, huh? They finally win a game since that boat picture, and the demons have been exercised. And I think, as I'm watching that tilt yesterday, uh, I think Daniel Jones may be a little bit better than I really ever gave him credit for. Yeah, he was running for first downs, putting his body on the line. Yeah, he was the uh, leading rusher, 17 carries, 78 yards. He also threw for 301 and a couple touchdowns, a rating of 114.1. Uh, but now all of a sudden, oh. The former Spartan, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> you, you, go on, you go online this morning, and there is thread after thread, uh, five possible replacements for Kirk Cousins. Did he have that bad of a game? Yeah. Zero interceptions. Threw two touchdowns. Two hundred seventy-three uh, yards. Yeah, and a rating of 112.9. He got outplayed by Daniel Jones. And he, on a... Fourth and seven, he threw a three-yard pass. <laughs> it's just inexcusable. Well, I'll tell you one thing right here, right now. T.J. Hawkinson, uh, he by far, even with Justin Jefferson, the favorite target. Uh, Hawk with 10 receptions, 129 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Uh, but Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, just 47 yards. He was targeted nine times. So what the fallout is going to be in the land of 10,000 lakes, I don't know. Is it Cousins in the middle of a giant deal? Yeah, he is uh, well compensated. Yeah, so I don't think anything happens. I think he trots right back out next year, which is good for the Lions. It certainly is. Uh, The Bengals and Ravens, the nightcap last night in Cincinnati, the defending AFC champion Bengals, uh, they hang on for that 24-17 win. And again, just to wake everybody up. Right around Huntley, eight reaches. Oh, that ball's out. That's live. Back the other way, Sam Hubbard. The Cincinnati kid. Hubbard's got a convoy. Chased by Andrews at the 30, the 20. He will score. So the uh, Ravens, John Harbaugh and company go in realizing that Lamar Jackson was going to be a no. So Tyler Huntley gets the start, 226 yards, two TDs. He did have a pick, sacked a couple times. Uh, But Joe Burrow, 
Watch this guy all day long. 23 of 32, 209 yards to go along with the touchdown. No picks, rating of 99.6. So uh, the Bengals, they win in advance. I thought it was an exciting game. AFC North rivals and, you know, fun to watch. But everyone's looking ahead to this rematch now. Bengals, Bills. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, probably the game of the upcoming weekend. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we do have one tilt left in Super Wild Card Weekend. We'll talk more about it in the moments ahead. Cowboys on the road against the Buccaneers. Uh, but when you uh, take a quick look at the teams that are already slotted, uh, quick preview here. Uh, it all starts 4.30 Saturday afternoon uh, with the Jags on the road to face the Kansas City Chiefs coming off a bye, obviously. Uh, the divisional playoffs underway. Uh, Kansas City has been installed as an early Eight and a half point favorite, degenerate. What say you? Uh, Jags plus eight and a half actually does not sound terrible. They played a close game earlier this year too. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think eight and a half at the moment <clears throat> is uh, severe. Although, you know, Trevor Lawrence, which dude's going to show up first half, second half? Well, wait, is it a Saturday game? You said right. Yes, Trevor Lawrence in high school college and pro has never lost on a Saturday. Okay. So that's a, that's, that. that's a real thing. That's a, <laughs> that's a gambling stat that I just used to that justify is, that. So I'm, I'm going to take Jacksonville. Listen, my friend, that is a gambling stat personified. <laughs> the same as the Brady stat. Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. Well, Not that that really matters. No, but it's going to be in play tonight. And obviously, and why do you think I took the Bucks? There you go. <laughs> Uh, 8-15, the nightcap on Saturday. The Giants in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, a classic NFC East battle. Uh, Philadelphia up by 7.5 there. Then Sunday, 3 o'clock. Oh, man, this is going to be something. The uh, Bengals and Bills. Uh, Buffalo favored by 5.5. That is very exciting. I think it's very exciting. With all the circumstances, how that other game was never replayed, I just think it's going to be great. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot and going, a lot of lot of subplots. We know they're going to they're bringing. They were saving bringing out Demar Hamlin for this week. He's going to run out with in front of the team. I don't think he's going to run, but I see what your point is. You, like he's going to be I that. Can he'll see be video there. message. Maybe I think he'll be present. there. Well, you know, it's just a, a tremendous story. And, yeah. you know, his foundation all of a sudden has like $9.2 million. But that stadium that probably is the best home field advantage in the NFL is going to be even crazier. If he's there, like that, the scene is just going to be nuts. Yeah, it will be. And it'll be very emotional. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a game on top of everything. And whoever does win tonight's Monday night game uh, between the Cowboys and Bucks, they earn the right to go to Santa Clara. Uh, 6.30 Sunday night to face the 49ers. So there's that. Do you think the Lions would have given uh, the 49ers a little bit more of a battle? Yeah, I do. And I was thinking about that yesterday or this weekend when we were doing Sports Final Edition. The Lions were just humming. They had everything going. Would they have won? I don't know. But it would have been so much fun if they played. Well, it was interesting over the weekend. Uh, Adam Schefter, uh, ESPN, came out with the uh, piece about uh, the league-wide thoughts on the officiating uh, between the uh, Seahawks and Rams. 
Several, several NFL executives, according to the story, said it was absolute garbage and something that can't happen in the league. And that's what we were talking about on this very radio show last week. The stakes are so high in the NFL. You can't have that. Right. I mean, if if it's going to impact the game and who gets to play in the playoffs or not, you can't have bad calls. But so what's the answer? Better training of the officials? Well, one of the uh, NFL execs said, hey, if I'm the Lions, I'd be extremely cheesed. And he didn't use cheesed. He said livid. Yeah. But um, nothing's going to happen because I don't know if there's a uh, lack of wherewithal to make a difference. Uh, But you know what? More times than not, you get an apology from the league. Yeah, we blew this call. We blew that call. We blew the call. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to happen. Um, it's like in the Vikings, uh, Giants tilt yesterday. Vikings are still alive going into their last possession, and there's a roughing the passer on Cousins, and it wasn't roughing the passer. Right. There's a lot of um, problems with the roughing the kicker call, too, because you have to see if they're being pushed or just, you know, heading into the kicker's leg. Letting that crew go? Because clearly they were watching the same game everybody else was, but they had a the innate ability to enforce the rules as they're written. Right. There was no way in hell that was running into the kicker. Uh, the game is played so fast, and these are human beings. I just don't know what you do. Well, what I what I fear is if you go to everything is reviewable. We'll be there for six hours. Absolutely, and nobody wants that. No. But what you do want is a fair and honest outcome of a National Football League game, of a college game, of a high school game, for crying out loud. Um, but focusing on the NFL, uh, the way it went down uh, in Seattle, it's embarrassing. Now, the Shield doesn't like being embarrassed, Mm-mm. but they sure were. Yeah. I, I, I just want to know what's going to happen, which I think and I fear is nothing. Well... Uh, oh, and by the way, they've discussed ejections for roughing the passer. Oh. Now, before you do that. Yeah, let's figure out what roughing the passer is. <laughs> let's define that first. Before you kick people out. Before you start giving people the heave-ho. Still kick people out for pushing athletic trainers. I'm for that. Oh, and that's another thing. In all their wisdom. Yeah. Jamal Williams was fined more money for his gyrating touchdown celebration than the pushing of the than Quay Walker was for pushing the trainer. I don't it doesn't make any sense. Don't try and figure it out. Uh, we've got more coming up here as we continue with the sports book on 760 WJR. All right, as you heard right here on WJR, a Martin Luther King Day matinee performance for your Michigan State Spartans as they play host to number three Purdue at the Breslin Center, going absolutely bonkers. And there for a while, it looked like there was going to be a lot to celebrate. The Spartans had the Boilermakers on the ropes, couldn't finish it. Purdue wins it 64-63. Zach Eady, Jamie, all seven foot four, 32 points a career day. He just looks so huge on the court standing next to anybody. 
And these guys aren't short that he's right. standing next to. And, and he could shoot. So can Tyson Walker. In the losing cause for the Spartans, he finishes with 30. Joey Hauser had 10, and A.J. Hogarth had 14. Uh, A.J. playing the game real well right now. Uh, missed a couple of free throws uh, late that coulda, shoulda, woulda made a difference. But uh, So after the seven-game win streak, the Spartans now, uh, they've uh, hit a rough patch. Uh, consecutive losses, Friday night in Champaign-Urbana, the Fighting Illini, and here up next will be a little how you doing with the uh, Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. That will be a 6.30 start Thursday night uh, back there at the Breslin Center. And the news uh, gets a little bit worse for the Spartans. Malik Hall, who had just come back from an eight-game hiatus in November and December because of that stress reaction in his left foot, uh, he tweaked an ankle uh, in the loss to uh, Illinois on Friday night. Think it's an ankle. Magnum T.I. Tom Izzo hasn't really come out and said what the problem is. He missed today's game, and Tom said in his pregame comments, it looks like he could be gone a while. That's a big loss for Michigan State. And you could, he was missed tonight. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh be interesting to have their Friday conversation with Tom. That'll be on the Paul Obedee Smith Show come Friday morning uh, around 835. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Red Wings in action earlier today in Denver uh, they lose to the Avalanche 6-3. Red Wings now have lost two straight, five of their last seven. They're going to skate in Arizona against the Coyotes 9 o'clock tomorrow night. The Pistons, what are they up to? Well, they're a 12-35 club, lost to the Knicks 117-104 yesterday. They have lost to the Knickerbockers 11 straight times now. Uh, overall, they've lost two straight, six of their last eight. I think the last time they beat the Knicks was like 2019. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a minute. Yeah, a little little time the there. The Pistons are a tough watch. They're tough. Well, they're young. Yeah. And uh, you know, Cade Cunningham going for the year. Uh, it is what it is. You know, the, the youngsters that are that are playing here getting some playing time, and hopefully that pays off in the not too distant future. Uh, they're going to host the uh, uh, Bulls three o'clock on Thursday. The Bulls are twenty and twenty four. That's well, an odd time. Yeah. Thursday. I was, I, I was writing that down, thinking, thir- what is Thursday? What is? Nothing. No, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe the building was being used later, and they had to squeeze it in. Uh, we know this, James. Looks like Mr. Jim Harbaugh will return as Michigan coach for the 2023 season after uh, flirting uh, with some National Football League teams. University President Santa Ono tweeting out today that he spoke to Harbaugh, uh, who confirmed he would return for a ninth season at his alma mater. Oh, the game is not here. It's in Paris. Yeah, it's the global games. Okay. Uh, well, then, I, I didn't know why. I looked it up. So they're tipping off in Paris at, like, what are they, o'clock. different? No, it's 3 o'clock oh, here. it's 3 o'clock our time. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but in Paris, yeah, what time, what is, time it? is it? Like nighttime. Time zones, I don't understand them. Hey, Siri, what time is it in Paris? <laughs> <laughs> and just give a free Apple plug out there. Paris, France. I'm sorry, what was that? Six hours difference. It's 1.43 right now in Paris. 1.43. In the morning. Okay, so 9 p.m. 
is that basketball. That makes game. sense. Yes, that makes I'm, more sense. <laughs> okay. That was electric radio. Wow. How was, many people's uh, phones do you think Steve just set off to? I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of favorite people right now. <laughs> yeah, Courtney set off my Siri, and it was odd. Um, but okay, Jim okay. Harbaugh sticking around. Well, doesn't that mean he wasn't offered an NFL job? Yeah, but I think he only uh, officially chatted with the Broncos, right? I don't think anything, uh, you know, David Tepper, the owner of the uh, Panthers, actually went, like out of, a... went out of his way to say, you know, it wasn't an interview yeah. or anything like that. Well, the statement that he put out, you know, quote, I love the relationships that I have at Michigan, coaches, staff, families, administration, the president, blah, blah, blah. My heart is at the University of Michigan. Well, he didn't come out and say that earlier. He could have stopped all the speculation earlier. So that leads me to believe he really wanted to see that thing through again with the NFL. Well, and this is going to be a yearly event. Uh, friend of the show, Angelique Shingalis, has been covering Michigan for a while at the Detroit News. She actually calls this time of year after uh, the, the, the Big Ten season, after the Big Ten championship, Harbuary, because there's always news about Harbaugh flirting with the NFL. But he does the flirting. Well, he does. Yeah. And, you know, it could. And this is what we were talking about. All he had to say was, I'm I'm flattered. I'm honored. But I'm really, really happy here at Michigan. But it's never come down to that. So there's a a contract, another contract extension apparently coming for him. Maybe there's some more protections for the university so it doesn't happen every year. Well, I would imagine it's going to be a much larger buyout. Uh, because I think as of last week, his went to two point two five million, which is pff, right and next to nothing. If 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 the Waltons, the uh, Walmart people uh, that own the Broncos, were serious about him, I think uh, the the dude's got that in his wallet, right, Mister Walton. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. I would be a little irked if I were a Michigan fan that this happens because it's got to hurt recruiting. Is that coach going to be there or not? Well, I, I think you uh, kind of get used to it. And I've made the analogy, I think, for all the right reasons. This is what Michigan State went through at the end of Saban's run there. I mean, every year it was the same thing. Are you going here? Are you going to the NFL? You know, you only, and then it gets to a point where he, uh, he snapped at me one time. At me! How dare he? And I said, Coach, I just, people just want to know. And he said, I'm happy here at Michigan State. Well, not long after he was gone. I never liked him anymore. He snapped at me. (laughs) Anyone can snap at anyone, but he can't snap at you. (laughs) Now I'm upset. Now I don't like him either. I wear it as a badge of honor. It is interesting that Harbaugh didn't really go out of his way to thank Ward Manuel, the athletic director. So there's a lot of chatter over kind of how their relationship is going to evolve. Well, there's been uh, John U. Bacon on the Mitch Album show last week said uh, that there's been a little friction between Harbaugh and Ward Manuel there. You know, is it about dollars? Uh, usually, uh, you can trace anything down to money. Mm-hmm. Um, is it about length of contract? Is it about, you know, adding uh, some bells and whistles to the uh, to the facilities? Is it money that he can give to his assistants? Uh, is it NIL? NIL, probably a good place to start, James. So, uh, once again, if you're just joining us and you're a Wolverine fan, boy, are you happy. Boy, oh boy. Jim Harbaugh sticking around as head coach of the Michigan Football Wolverines. We'll preview the uh, last installment of Super Wild Card Weekend. The Cowboys, the Buccaneers, we'll have that as we continue here on WJR. And then there was one. 
Super Wild Card Weekend game left. We'll kick off, uh, let's see, 25 minutes from now, 8.15 to be exact. In Tampa, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady and folks, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, a road favorite. They're uh, getting two and a half. I think it is Dallas's year, and it is not Tom Brady. All right. Well, there's some numbers to back that up, maybe. Uh, Degenerate, uh, you had yet another fun fact about Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, all the games have gone over. Every <laughs> single one. <laughs> Who doesn't go. love overs? Who doesn't love rooting for points? Are you feeling it with the uh, Monday night tilt? I took the over just because it's a system play at this point. Well, here's some, some... You say it's a system play. It sounds smart, Steve. It's a system play, Blake. Thank you. Dallas hasn't won a postseason <laughs> game on the road since the 1992 playoffs. And as you alluded to earlier there, Blake, the Cowboys have never beaten Brady, who is 7-0 against them, including wins in Tampa in the uh, past two season openers. So These are a lot of systems. There's uh, some things at play here, but the only thing that matters is what goes on the field. Am I right? That's correct. Uh, despite breaking his own NFL mark for completions in a season, 490, and throwing for the third most yards in the league, 4,694, the Bucks have been very inconsistent on offense and haven't won more than two games in a row at any point. Now, once again, the debate has centered around the 45-year-old. Are his better days behind him? With that being said, there's also speculation as to where he'll play next year. Oh, my goodness. I... That's another storyline I'm kind of over. Can I be honest here? Always. Yeah, go I, ahead. This is a safe space. Yeah. I, you know, Tom Brady, and we don't have time to debate it here, one of, if not the, best quarterback to ever play the game. Sure, yes. More Super Bowl rings than the law should allow. Accurate like you wouldn't believe. A tremendous arm. A great-thinking quarterback. He's had a hell of a career. But why do I still feel compelled to say, in my heart of hearts, and remember, I was next to him in the locker room at the Orange Bowl after his last game at Michigan when he was asked the question, what do you plan on doing now? I'd like to give the NFL a try, he said. Six-round pick, boom, the rest, as they say, is history. Why am I compelled to say, I think it would have been a perfect ending if he retired after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. Well, we've talked about that. I totally agree with that. But he didn't. He just wants to continue to chase. But, all right, follow-up question. At what point do you start screwing around with your legacy? Brett I feel Favre. like that may have already started. He's got to make that FTX money back somehow, right? What was that, 42 mil? He lost them. Between that and then his divorce. and Well, his wife. We have no cash. idea what's going on in that divorce. His, That's true. Well, she's technically the, <laughs> the one winner. with the more money. Right. Yeah. But so she we, only lost 21 mil in the uh, crypto yeah. scandal. But, I mean, did you really lose it? <laughs> I don't understand crypto. I don't either, honestly. But he was invested in the company FTX. Right, right, right. Now we're getting into It's this. too much. Yeah. Too much, I don't yeah. know. What matters is what he does tonight. Now, 
um, we're back to the Monday night wagering, and I'm absolutely loving it. So you're under the impression that the Cowboys, you're going to take the Cowboys with the points. Okay, so you're going to give me Tampa, and you're going to lay me the two and a half. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. You know what? (laughs) You comfortable Uh, with that? I like this. I'm on team. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on team Blake. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on this very important tilt? I like the Cowboys. I'm with Jamie. I mean, the Bucks have just not been good all year. They they shouldn't be in the playoffs. They're four twelve and one against the spread this season. They're eight and nine overall. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys. I think went like something like eleven and one in twelve games, and they lost one down the stretch. They lost one early. Like they've been a one of the top three teams in the NFC all year, and. I think the I think the Cowboys win. All right, Dak Prescott stinks. Is, is, is he an elite quarterback? <laughs> no. I tend to agree with that. And every but he's good. Well, he's good, but every time I'm thinking he's making the move to become an elite, throws a couple pick sixes or a pick or he's what have you. Kirk Cousins adjacent. Uh, Twelve games played. Uh, he's throwing at a sixty-six point two percent clip. 2,860 yards. He missed five games because of the thumb earlier in the year. Uh, 23 TDs to go along with 15 picks. The picks are what's a little scary with him. So there's that. All right, so as long as we understand each other. (laughs) And uh, by the way, uh, in case you're wondering, whoever does win tonight will play Sunday night in Santa Clara against the 49ers. Right. Like, congratulations, you get to go do that. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, that little uh, piece of business. Who are your guys' picks? Like, who do you think AFC, NFC? Quick. Can't go against Quick. the Kansas City Chiefs, my friend. Um, and you I know what? Bills. I'll go Kansas City and you know, give me the Eagles. Fly! Chalk. <laughs> Very chalky, but I like it. Who are you going with? Quick. Yeah, who's your NFC? Niners. Team? All right. I'm with you. I'm Niners Bills as well. Uh oh. No, look at you too. <laughs> you better <laughs> I'm watch done your now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, way to go, oh, yeah. Blake. All right, Nikki, thank you very much. Blake, much appreciated. Jane, we'll see you next week, eh? Okay. We'll talk about it. Uh, as always, thanks for listening to the sportsbook here on 760 WJR.